Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> Today's episode of The Other Stories has been sponsored by us, Hawk and Cleaver. Spots are quickly getting swallowed up for our next Getting Started Writing Short Horror Stories mini-course, so if you'd like to join our workshop slash online course slash critique service, all rolled into one, then head over to theotherstories.net forward slash courses and swallow up a seat today. Previous student Samantha Romero said, Stop debating taking this course and do it. You'll walk away feeling accomplished at what you've done, and who knows, you might make a friend or two along the way. Once again, the details are over at theotherstories.net forward slash courses. Today's episode of The Other Stories is The Audsley Chimera, written by D. Booth and narrated by Justin Fife. Dad, when did unicorns go extinct? I can remember asking that question. Dad said, They're not extinct, they're a made-up animal. I think I stopped listening after they're not extinct. Like seahorses? I asked. Dad laughed. Seahorses are real, you doubted. You know that. We saw some at the sandcastle last holidays. Oh, yeah. I thought about seahorses. I thought about seahorses a lot. My version of seahorses were man-sized and foaming white as wave crests. 
wild kelpies that rode on the tides and dragged grown men back down rivers and to the sea. Something of a stallion with a whale tail where its hindquarters would be. The mild, invisible color of wafers that sank sadly in aquarium tanks seemed an unlikely interpretation of seahorse to me. Are Pegasus real too, then? Really, I knew the answer. I just wasn't too sure of its authenticity. You've been watching too many films, said Dad. I'd been thinking a lot about Pegasuses, too. They could be real. You could get a horse to have babies with an eagle. It doesn't work like that, Nicky. I remember Dad frowning. But he looked rather pleased, too, as if he'd secretly thought the same thing, but knew he couldn't voice it. An owl? No. A swan? I tried to think of a bird big enough. Why can't you just sew some wings on a horse, then? Dad insisted it wouldn't work. He couldn't quite say why, not to my satisfaction. He just said it would be a bad idea. I suppose he couldn't think of a way to explain species compatibility and tissue rejection and ethics to a nine-year-old boy. I presume he didn't want to present me a picture of animals in pain, or maybe he just knew all along that it had to be possible and he didn't know how to deny it. Dad was always trying to protect me from reality. Come home by the road, Nicky. Stay on the pavement. Don't go into the wedge on your own, not even if you stay on the path. The wedge was an anachronism of woodland that embarrassed suburbia for two miles in the middle of our oddsly housing estate. Ancient woodland, otherworldly and rare, everyone said how beautiful it was, and then never visited, like unto a silent film star who went insane. For all its charms, it was antique and out of place, and it made people uneasy. They said it harbored vermin and perverts. Dad said children shouldn't speak to strangers. Children shouldn't go off with strange men because the men would do things to them. Like his ambiguity about realization of dreams, Dad couldn't elaborate on what the things were. Bad things, he'd say. Bad, like growing wings on horses. Mysterious things, I thought. Exciting. Some things are worth the risk. This boy is too young to walk in the woods alone. He's a small child, slight, his fingers delicate as feather shafts. He can't weigh much. A slight puff of wind might carry him away like dandelion fluff. A fair child, almost divine. He is perfect. The boy's trudging without purpose, swinging an ash branch from side to side, looking for something to break. The stick scythes through the foxgloves, disturbing something in the bush. The boy freezes. When he hears the kitten's cry, he relaxes, wading through the bracken towards it. He crouches and peers. He still has the broken branch. He might hurt a cat for fun. With one recherche hand, its nails pearly 
He parts the ferns. Surprise, confusion, fear, and delight carousel across his face. When I was little, I loved the zoo. Aunt Gill used to work at the zoo. She's not really my aunt, but an older cousin. She wasn't anything glamorous like a zookeeper. Instead, she waited tables in the cafe and wore a pretend Victorian maid's outfit. But she could still get me in to see the animals for free whenever I asked. The floor of the cat house was littered with the rainbow of my crayons. I sat cross-legged on the rubber-smelling faux jungle floor, matching big cats and technicolor halves in my sketchbook. Visitors stepped around me with disdain, but the keepers fed me kind words and towed back my felt tips when they rolled out of reach. The beasts on my pages had eagle wings and tails of snakes, pacing behind the glass before me. The noble tigers and spotted cats spoke to me with lantern eyes. They said, let me out of here. They said, let me fly. There's a hiss of grass as the ash branch falls from the boy's hand, reclaimed by nature. The kitten totters mewing angrily, a tabby with yellow eyes and arcing and probably from its tiny shoulder blades, a pair of tawny wings. The boy, stunned into silence, his expression is almost comical. Then it dawns into a smile. The kitten spreads its wings, the flight feathers fanning, but it's too weak yet to flap. I'm working on that one. I started with insects. I spliced them together using the craft blades from my model painting kit. If all children pull the wings off flies, then pulling the wings off flies and grafting them onto caterpillars is no worse. They died, of course. Maybe I would have given up if it wasn't for seeing, just once, a sign. It was at the end of the garden path and the part where the grown-ups didn't go. This was my kingdom. Behind the unruly barricade of pompous grass that unzipped red cross hatches on your skin, a stack of old bikes rusted comfortably against the shed door. The cracks in the paving were delineated by moss. I lay on my stomach on the warm flagstones and watched a worm take the weight of its distended body into its new spider legs and stand. Those few seconds before it curled and died, I knew my calling, not to destroy, but to transform. I don't care what anyone says. I was just a normal child. Every little boy loves animals. Any little boy would like to come with you to see some puppies. He picks it up, of course. Everyone likes to touch. Nobody can help that. The boy cradles the brittle, winged kitten into its chest and looks around for someone to show. There is naturally nobody. This is the middle of the woods. Children, beware. Plowing on through the ferns, his feet drag against the tangled roots. Foliage as high as his waistband leaves. Rainwater swipes across his tracksuit pants. When he breaks into the clearing, he stops blandly assessing the scenario. A little house with nets at the windows, a homemade fence around a cleared lawn. Who would live in a house in the forest? But children don't read fairy tales anymore. 
Children have no use for myths. I'll let the nets fall back into place and go to open the door. He doesn't sound too cautious, but I can tell he's not stupid. Is this your cat, mister? I lean against the door frame and smile. Let me see. That depends if he has wings or not. The boy proudly holds up the kitten. It wriggles, outraged in his grip. Icarus, you found him. I've been looking all over the place for him. What's he called? The boy asks suspiciously, taking a step into the clearing. I open the door a little wider so you can maybe see the cages inside. I tilt my head to one side. Icarus, like the Greek myth? What's a myth? What's a myth? We are our own gods. We will be legend, I say. It's a type of story. Never mind. Thank you for finding him. The boy reaches the door. Icarus claws snag in the fabric of the boy's shirt as he reluctantly hands him over. He unhooks them carefully with one hand. I shake my head. It looks like he's quite attached to you. Maybe you should keep hold of him. Would you like to meet his brothers and sisters? You've got more of them? I nod. Oh, yes. Have they got wings? Some of them. The boy peers past me at the wall of cages in the shadowed living room, at the jewel-hued feathers and striped fur. Hugging the winged kitten, he steps eagerly through the door. What's your name, son? Michael. His eyes brighten at sun. Perhaps he never was one before. Hello, Michael. I'm Nick. Hi. Learning my name has prompted his first indication of shyness. Still, Michael gazes into the cages with undisguised delight, and I watch over his shoulder as the rabbits sharpen their tusks on the bars and the parrot asks him for a biscuit, holding out its paws imploringly. I will not call them experiments. There's nothing experimental about them. In the beginning, I picked them up from rescue centers, the last chances on doggy death row, animals with no future. I gave them a future. I saved them from the needle with the knife. Of course, it was hard work. I was a pioneer. They found me out when I was 17 and I was sent to a psychiatrist. It didn't end happily. I had to run. An idea is all you need. Sell that idea, and money breeds money. My first success was all it took. He was a dog I named a Trojan, a bull mongrel with horns, sad thing. I sold him to an underground crime lord, and my reputation was made. Now my research is funded by sultans and drug barons, eccentrics and magnates, and the ordinary world remains none the wiser. It's easy to become invisible, if you have money. They get their exotic pets. I get my anonymity. Wings are my favorite. I waste no materials. A four-legged owl, another winged kitten, an illegally imported capuchin, a cat with hands. I swap and change, improving nature, recreating legend. I want a griffin. I want so much more. Perhaps the greatest medical talent of two centuries. I can say that without bragging, but I have to hide. 
Beneath the trees, the bones of failed operations soften in the dirt. Michael stops in front of the last cage. His fingers circle the fur behind Icarus's ears. Eyes slitted closed, the kitten reverberates a mechanical purr. What's that? A swan. A magic swan? His tone is that of a child too entrenched in reality and can hardly dare to hope. No, just a normal swan. The boy looks resigned. The queen hounds all the swans, he says. I'm charmed. Now, however do you know that? I saw it on telly. He looks around without disguising it. Can I feel the bird cat? You certainly may. Can I have something too? What would you like? He looks at me like it's his birthday. And really, it is. Chocolate, he says. Please? Chocolate, please? I'm not a fan of chocolate myself. A jar of cocoa I pulled down from the cupboard is a good few months out of date, but I doubt that the boy will object. The milk is fresh and creamy and thickens in the pan. The ingredients twist together beneath my spoon. I mix it sweet to hide any bitterness. The boy has crackers and cheese as a snack. He blows on his hot chocolate to cool it, then drinks it straight down in one, his throat bobbing. Immediately, he yawns. Are you tired, Michael? No, he insists angrily. I say, I think the bird cat is tired. Will you lie down on a settee with him so he can get some sleep? Michael nods silently, dragging his knuckles across his eyes. I can imagine what he's seeing now. Little threads of light crawl across his vision, like a virus under a microscope. He shakes his head to clear it, and the room tips and spins. I plump the cushions on the settee, and the boy practically falls into it. His eyes are already closed. Lying on his back, his arms drawn up to his chest, the boy's head is turned sharply to one side. His neck shows slender and very white. His hair is a feather fan of almost white across the red cushion cover. I look towards my animals, my fantastic zoo that nature cannot rival. I look at the caged swan, its wings spanning the width of its enclosure as it stretches and pecks millet. I look at the perfect boy, asleep on the settee, the winged kitten curled on his belly, rising and falling in time with the boy's breathing. I stare out of my window and dream of angels. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. The Audsley Chimera was written by D. Booth, narrated by Justin Fife, edited by Duncan Muggleton, with music by Duncan Muggleton and Tom Robson. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. A quick thanks to our community managers, Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch, and to Carolyn O'Brien for helping with our submission reading. And of course to Ben Errington, or shall I say, Houston, for the atmosphere-bursting content rockets he launches from his social media space station. Houston, we have a Facebook post. For more of Dboo's work, head over to dboo.wordpress.com. The link for that will be in the show notes. Justin Fife is an audio producer, amateur voice actor, podcaster, and video game lover. 
follow more of him and his work over on Twitter at at justinb5. Stickers! If you're a fan of stickers, or conversely, if you absolutely hate, despise, detest, can't stand the sight of clear surfaces that aren't covered in some kind of stickers, particularly the Other Stories branded stickers, then we have something just for you with our new range of the Other Stories branded stickers. So now you can decorate your laptops, your notebooks, or even your pet ghosts by heading over to gumroad.com forward slash hawk and cleaver and grabbing a set today. Once again, that's gumroad.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. The Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. So, until next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.